practice and pay attention to the body and the mind is the discovery that none of the things that you see are are really in your control, that they're operating as a sequence of cause and effect or conditions, one condition leading to another. And part of the initial understanding of anatta or non-self begins to be clear as you see that thoughts come by themselves, unchosen very often, sensations move in their own way, and that it's an impersonal process. Even so, as we practice, there's a choice that we can make to pay attention or to collect the mind, to feel the breath or the steps. If you get in your mind a model of, I would like it to be very concentrated or quite collected, then at those times when the mind is scattered or wanders often, there'll be conflict and frustration. If instead you work in your practice from the spirit of beginner's mind or of just taking and working with what's in the moment with as much care or collectedness as you can, then it doesn't matter. Sometimes there may be a whole emotional storm or there may be a great deal of thoughts or restlessness and you simply note that whenever you're aware and that itself brings the mind to balance each of those moments of mindfulness. I think it will be easily observed by you that there's not much more you can do. And the extra of thinking (laughs) really isn't. You go away for ten minutes and you wish, gee, I wish I had been here. That's just another thought to add to it when you come back. The thing that you can do and what makes the practice work is very beautiful is in whatever moment you wake up, even if it's restless or scattered, just to be there with that moment. Note restless or scattered, come back again to the breath or the, or the movement or the steps, um, and start to see what a conditioned and impersonal process it is. Um, I think you and Joseph both talked about sitting through drowsiness. And uh, I was wondering, that just goes on for days and days. Drowsiness is one of the hindrances you can most actively work with. If it comes periodically, practice sitting with it and kind of poking at it with your mindfulness, like it comes like a fog or a cloud into the mind and see what the sensations are like and what the quality of your body energy is, and if you nod, you can note that. Sometimes if you try to pay attention in that way, you'll be sleepy, sleepy, and all of a sudden, with that paying attention, maybe five or fifteen minutes later, you'll wake up and be very alert. If it persists over a number of days, then work to raise your energy by standing instead of sitting when you feel sleepy, by sitting with your eyes open, by doing more walking or more rapid walking, by checking out how much you eat and sleep, perhaps eating a little bit less or or sleeping a little less or a little more, whatever would help you be more alert during the day. So you can work with all those things if it's persistently sleepy. Um, This is 
related to the first question. Um, sometimes when I have like pain in my foot, say, and then I, I know an aversion, I can find the place in my body where the aversion is. And if I then note that it, I mean mindful of the aversion, I then can get in touch with the pain. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any, this is an odd question I think, is there anything like that for for choice or for just something like mindfulness that you can locate where that place is where you can find mindfulness. Can you locate choice or mindfulness somewhere in your body? Yeah, in, in a way. In some place in it's totally in a way. <laughs> I mean obviously the place in my body for aversion is not aversion. Uh-huh. It's something else. No, what you discover is that mental states are reflected in your body. There are two processes, physical elements that you can perceive as physical change, earth, air, fire, water, pressure, heat, and so forth, and mental elements, mental factors or mental qualities of mind, the knowing of them. And when aversion is there, as you say, then you know heat or pain or tension, it's reflected in the body. When mindfulness is there, or concentration, it will also be reflected in the body in that when you're concentrated or collected there may be a sense of some stillness, lack of restlessness, or with mindfulness a sense of of ease rather than struggle, at least at some times. But that's simply the reflection of that mindfulness being the cause of those elements then to, to respond in a certain way, but you can't find it any more than that. Is it, does it have, is mindfulness the cause or isn't it a two-way process? Can your body being quiet be the cause of mindfulness? Yeah, I'm just, I think. Yes, and it's interesting, as you pay attention, you start to see, without even looking for it, how cause and effect works. There'll be a sound, so that's the physical element, and then there'll be the recognition of it, and then there'll be perhaps a picture, oh, that's a bird and you see a picture of a bird in your mind, then there might be a response, I like birds or I don't, some feeling of happiness at hearing the sound. Um, and you see that those mental pictures and responses are the result of the physical sound sensation. Then sometimes it'll be the reverse. A certain thought will come and it will make you upset or, or distressed and then your body will start to feel tight and then you'll move to be more relaxed and a whole sequence of body movement will come based on a mental state and what you see as you pay attention is there's a sequence of physical event leading to mental mental event leading to physical and just the playing back and forth of what are called the five aggregates of physical form perception or recognition of feeling volition or our relationship and response to things and the knowing of them and that these different elements of body and mind play back and forth. And it's not that you need to do anything about it except see what you are or how it works. Please. When memory takes over and refuses to be dislodged, Mm. is there any technique for does it mean you're just off in memory and don't even no, no, know it? No, a, uh, a repeated one that comes back 
right. many it times. Echoes itself right on down the spiral. Mm -hmm. One of the one of the top tune type phenomena where it comes <laughs> again and again. What's useful if you have a repetitive thought, it can either be a memory or it can be a plan that comes again and again and again. The first thing is to have, to give some kind of a label or name for it. Um, so that sometimes a thought will come, I'm going to do this, and then it comes again, I'm going to do this. And eventually you recognize the tune or this happened. And so you can just say, oh, this is the second on the chart for this week. You know, it's the tune about going and building a house or some event that happened in the past. If it still keeps coming after you've recognized it um, and given it a, a name, then what's helpful if it comes again and again is to feel in your body and in your emotions what is there that propels it. Because the this, this song or the story, the memory will come again and again and again fueled by a feeling. And so if you have a memory of, say, an encounter with a person or an event that happened that was significant, it keeps repeating until the feeling associated with it is felt. It may be sadness or, or loss or maybe anger or maybe um, love or some, something that was unsaid that had a strong feeling about it. And if something comes again and again many times, it's useful then to simply be aware of the body and of the emotion or the feeling inside rather than the story. That also keeps you from being lost in the, in the thought about it and keeps your mindfulness more immediate and more in the present moment. And very often if you can pay attention to your body, you discover what that feeling is at that moment, then that will release that repetitive thought pattern. Please. two parts. Um, the other day, I, a series of things happened to me and I ended up feeling very depressed real suddenly. And I wanted to follow the instructions and stay with the feeling. And I found myself also wanting to do something that I didn't realize I did so automatically, but I, I tried to figure out what had happened, what sequence, reflect on what had happened, which is what I usually have done with emotions. And I, I really tried to subdue that and stay with my feeling. But I'm wondering um, if that's totally, if that's okay to kind of indulge in. It, was, it didn't really feel like staying in story. It's more like another process I have with one. There is a place in one's meditation practice for occasional skillful reflection. It's a different level than the deepest level of practice, which is just to stay with the experience of depression in the body and the mind, but particularly for things that are patterns in our life that come and we tend to get caught in them, occasionally it's skillful to notice what the cause was and what the sequence was that brought us to that to that state of being lost or sad or depressed or whatever it happens to be. It's important though in, in understanding that not to spend much time, especially in this kind of a long retreat, in that process of reflection. You might do it for a short period for something that repeats itself, 
But then the most, most insight will come, or the deepest level of it, by staying with the body and mental elements in the present moment. I, I don't want to sacrifice what I'm doing here, so I, it seems like I know at one level I'm just not using, I'm not practicing mindfulness, so I'm using time. Is there something else about continuity creating a sense of depth? There are two, two aspects to continuity. One is that if you pay attention when you eat and change clothes and get up and all the places between sitting and walking, it adds that much more mindfulness to the day. But the second, and I think the more crucial element, is that when you do something else, like that call, or if you just space out for a while, what happens is you start to get collected in a sitting, for example, and then maybe you hit a place where it's a little difficult because it's very quiet or it's scary or something happens, or you get a little restless. And if you go then and do something else, it kind of fills the mind again. A phone call, for example, for many people can then bring a number of hours of memory coming back, she said and I said, and it would have been nice to say this, or next time I talk to her I will, or why did she? Um, and so there's a whole reverberation that comes um, from doing something that's apart from the, from the simple sitting and walking. And then it takes a period of time again for the mind to get really quieted down. So, but that didn't happen to me. I think calling for actually prevented that kind of head stuff going on. So maybe it, one experiments with that you know, carefully it could be Yeah, you could do that. I, th I think most people find in their practice, even just, just having the letter come or something and open it, it can be a long time of thought and reflection and so forth that come as a, as a result of it. Uh, and the purpose of continuity, you'll see it, if you put in a day in which you're really continuous from when you open your eyes to when you go to sleep at night, noting everything you do, reaching for a door cold, the doorknob pulling, walking through, lifting, moving, placing, whatever, being with each event in just one day of doing that very continuously, the whole sense of your presentness gets much stronger collectedness. So it, it has a kind of power. It's like rubbing sticks together to make a fire. When you stop, it kind of diminishes and you have to start again. Last question for now, please. On um, the previous question, if the person is having these thoughts going and the, it's, I can really see how what you said would, would work beautifully, except what if there's a really strong habit in the person where they say, I shouldn't be doing that, I shouldn't be thinking that, and it's really hard to break that habit so that you can't, you know, have the in-depth penetration and cleaning out because you're so involved with, you know, negating it. So what would be a way of... So a repetitive thought comes... And then you say, 
I shouldn't be doing that. And you really block it out, like you really try to... I shouldn't be thinking that is the next response. The thought comes in, oh, I shouldn't be thinking about that or thinking that. But it's not even in the level of the thought, it's really like a reaction. Uh-huh. Then what you need to do in that moment is to become mindful and conscious of the reaction. You sit, a thought comes about whatever it is, elephants, and you think, I shouldn't be thinking about elephants, right? Okay. And maybe even not as a thought, maybe a body reaction, hey, and you get there's a sense of tension or, or a reaction to it. Then you know the tension, you feel that in your body, then you soften it again, relax a little bit, and back to your breath. Then it comes again, and you, you note it, and you note if there's a reaction, and you can be aware of judgment or of the silent judgment of just an inner physical reaction as the next event in the meditation. And then slowly you'll get to the point where you can get, then get into the feeling behind it? Then at times the feeling will become clear as well that's behind the reaction to it. But what's important is that you don't need to figure things out so much. As long as you're paying attention to physical events and mental events, to a thought arises and then based on that there's a conditioned body response and then there's a feeling or there's a judgment and you start to see the sequence that's as good to pay attention to as the in-breath or the out-breath that they all can teach you teach about how the body and mind work teach the Dharma so it's not there may be a subtle well then I can work it through and get rid of it and and be quiet and not have these things happen and in time things get released it's true but the spirit is really to notice one moment after another how things arise and pass in their own way condition body and mind events and that's enough you don't doesn't matter if you know judgment or the breath they're equally good objects okay so there's time for walking now and then we'll sit again and about 40 minutes. <laughs>